Live from North Carolina, it's the RH3 Show. I was scared to go over the edge. Look, I do no, I do this for nobody but my co-host. <laughs> my co-host, God first, then my co-host. I done been doubted, I done been counted out, I done been overlooked. this place you don't come you don't leave here like you came in jesus name the rh3 show with rufus starts right now to catch up on the news regarding politics or if you want to know news about the tv movies sports and or the music industry be it if it's in gospel or any other entertainment genre well it's time for the inside scoop of the rufus right here on the rh3 show That's how we are going to do things on today. <laughs> Producer, what's going on? Listeners, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? How are you all doing on today? How y'all doing on today? What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Rufus, your boy Red, and I am the host of the Arts 3 Show. Welcome to another great day, another great hour. Hold on, y'all. Y'all might hear either an echo or feedback, but I just need to um, make sure that I am... Uh, everything is good. Everything is good on my end. Y'all, we're not going to take too long on this first part of the show because... Uh, Nina is here, <clears throat> Cassie Dewey Smith is here, and everything is good. So, yeah, welcome to the Art Street Show, where me, your boy, Rupert, is here. And so, uh, I, <laughs> I like that. I just saw something, but anyway. Okay, hold on, let me do this real quick. Let me do this really quick. Hold on. Hold on. He'll make decisions for me. Jesus will. Jesus will. Hold on, y'all. Hold on one second, y'all. Uh, hold on. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Let me do this really quick. But uh, yeah, we're not gonna take any uh long length of time on this um. Uh, first break because after we take a just a small uh, well we probably won't even take a small break we're just gonna hit the um, hit the uh, segment introduction and we're gonna bring in um, um, bring in the uh, segment and bring in our guest for today and so um, yeah hold on let me see if I can do something Let me do something really 
really quick. Do right when I do wrong. Cause you know what, y'all? Jesus will. Jesus will. But anyway, uh, yes, y'all. How y'all doing out there on today? Uh, Jesus, he, he will, y'all. He, he will. He will. But anyway, let's go on, y'all. Cause we're wasting too much time. Um, uh, we're gonna go ahead and. Wait a minute. Did that work? Did that work? I think y'all can hear me. I think y'all can hear me good. I think y'all can hear me good. Alright, but anyway, um, here is there we go. Okay, there we go. There we go. We good. We good now. I was just, I just didn't want that sound bad to be a little bit over what I was saying. But anyway, my day has been good, y'all. Um, uh, producers, I'm sorry for um, uh, going over y'all uh, plans. But anyway, no, no, thank y'all. Thank y'all. We're going to um, do the inside scoop with Rufus Blue because I'm not going to. Um, uh, go over y'all job or whatever and so y'all have everything planned but um uh Kiki Palmer and her um ex Darius um uh Jackson uh she posted about the broken trust that they were you know dealing with or what have you and so um um uh I, I, I was really rooting for them I well I was really rooting for how he, in the in the beginning in the beginning um, how that you know he was there, but you know you can see that um, even in relationships how that can be blindfolded, and so yeah, you can be um, you know blinded by by it all, blinded by it all, and so yeah, yeah. You be blinded by, uh, you know, even what's going on in, in behind the doors and everything. So, yeah. Uh, if you are in, um, in the, uh, if you are into football or Super Bowl or whatever, Reba McIntyre, Post Malone, and uh, uh, Andre Day is set to perform at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl um, pregame show. And so yeah, congratulations to them. Uh, um, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, he talks about the black men in dresses. That conversation is silly, and I think it is. And the reason why is because if you're not doing it in real in in your real life, that's that's okay. It's okay. If you're not doing it in your real life, it is okay. And um, if you're making your, your, your coinage, it's okay. Leave them alone. You know, 
if you make it your coin and if you got to do what you got to do, you know, for your family, you know, like Tyler Perry, Marlon and, and, and Damon Wayne, uh, Marlon and Sean, you know, I mean, because they did it in white chicks. Um, uh, what's my line on there? It, it is not a weekend. It's the weekend. I love that line. And I love that whole movie because that is my movie. That is my movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. Latrell. <laughs> I love it. But anyway, um, uh, let's go on. And, and Martin Lawrence, they did it in plays. But if you're not... And, and, and when I say if you're not doing it in real life, don't take that another way because... And, and I'm getting into another aspect of this this uh, conversation, so don't take that the wrong way either because I got some... Um, um, uh, some... Uh, let me get the technical term for it. Um, I have some um, transsexual people in my family or what have you. And if they show you love, just continue to show love and, and whatnot. And so, you know, that's neither here nor there. And if, if you believe that it's a sin, you know, whatever. And I'm not sugarcoating even that part. But, um... um you know, because they have the Bible, and if you, if they ask you, if they ask you about it, and even if you if they don't ask you about it, and if you up there preaching, and they come in to where you're preaching about it, boom, that's that's a totally different story, or whatever. But you know, people who preaching about it and whatnot, um, you know, and and they throwing hate in it. Come on, come on, dog, come on, man. But, you know, that's, that's a whole different story. But as long as they treating and showing you love, do the same thing. Do the same thing or whatever. But anyway, you know, I, I have to mention some other stuff. Hold on, y'all. Excuse me for, you know, you know the sinuses and everything because yesterday, y'all, who? And I'm going to speak about what I, if, if y'all, I put some on my personal page. And I got to start putting some other things on my personal public page meaning that I have a public page for radio listeners and I gotta start posting on there too but you know whatever but um about a um about friendships and everything else but even going back to what um um uh, Marlon said um you know or whatever that just stop just stop and even and even only only disagreement that I have with that if is that um, if they show you hate, you know, just pray for them and walk away or whatever. You know, if they don't, you know, just continue to show them love and I have, you know, whatever. But anyway, I'm getting to a whole nother tangent. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Uh, is that it? I think that's it, y'all. I think that's it. Um... Let's go ahead and, and let's go ahead and hit that introduction to our uh, kitchen table talk because um, um, Nina and um, I'm kind of froze on this end, you all. Um, but I'm gonna just sit here and converse until I get unfrozen because Nina and um, Nina and uh, oh dog is here, Nina. <laughs> 
respectfully. Nina and um, Pastor E. Dewey Smith is here, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get that conversation going because um, uh, he's been here, and uh, we've been waiting, and we don't want to uh, prolong it any longer, all right? And so we don't want to prolong that any, any, any longer, all right? And so uh, we're going to go ahead and get that started, you all. And so let's go ahead and do that. Here is our introduction to our kitchen table talk. And I'll be back in about, what, give or take 30 minutes. And, yeah, give her 30. You're going to, yeah, she said about 30 minutes. And, all right, let's roll our uh, introduction to our kitchen table talk. And here is. Nina Taylor and our um, guest, I was about to say guest speaker for today, is <laughs> Nina Taylor and our guest for today, Pastor E. Dewey Smith, and I'll be back in just a moment. I'll be back in a moment. We're ready for a great kitchen table talk. Pull up a chair and get your snacks and drinks, lunch, dinner, whatever, ready. It's time for our kitchen table talk. Just me and you and everybody else. Let's have a great conversation right here on the RH3 show. My very special guest is calling us from one of my favorite places in the world, the state of Georgia. Uh, he has the number one song in the country right now in gospel music. We're so happy and excited about it. My special guest is Pastor E. Dewey Smith. How you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? I am very well, sir. I am so excited and happy for you. It's a beautiful song. Your presence is a gift. Now, this is what we said on my show, because, you know, I do these shows with other people as well. When we first heard the song, we were kind of like playing it to kind of introduce it to our audience. And I said, I bet he was preaching one day. And he got that word doing one of his messages, and that's where the song came from. Am I right? Am I right? Well, well actually, you know, it was uh, – uh, a group of writers who've been working on the concept for a while. And, mm -hmm. um, but I went through a, a very, very, very dark period a few years ago, and I was able to kind of pull all those thoughts together and uh, mm -hmm. put my two cents on the song. And uh, um, five years ago, one week my godmother died. I was expecting it. The next week my mom died. I was not expecting it. Three days mm -hmm. after my mom mm -hmm. died, my best friend from college passed away literally one hour after he helped me plan my mother my mother's funeral and three weeks after my mom died my sister passed away so imagine doing uh four eulogies picking out four caskets and planning four funerals in 28 days uh four of the closest mm. people in your life and although i'm a man of faith i'm a pastor and all that good stuff it put me in mm -hmm. a very 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 dark and uh, a very uh, a very sad place uh, the worst place I've ever, I've ever been in my life and uh, and I and uh, I I sought therapy. I talked to a counselor to try to help me compact my grief and now uh, unpack my grief. And now I understand that grief is the price that we pay for love. And one mm -hmm. day the Holy Spirit came to me about uh, maybe 18 years into my grieving process and said, "Said, do it. Listen, you've been fixating over your mom's and your sister's absence, and you're not appreciating my presence. So mm. I know you're hurt about who's absent." But as long as I'm present, 
uh, you can find joy. And so hence the song, Your Presence is a Gift. So I, I wanted to record that song for people who had lost, face loss during the pandemic, and also as a tribute to my mother who always wanted me to do music. So uh, hence the song, Your Presence is a Gift, and gratefully, and uh, it's resonating with people all over the world. Amen. Well, that 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 is awesome. Oh my goodness, I'm very touched by that by you sharing that with us. All right, tell us about. Um, I want to know about you. Uh, we've never spoken, so can you just kind of take yeah. me back to your growing up? You know, you had mentioned your mom. Um, can you take sure. me back to your growing up and how you began in ministry? Sure. I'm I'm from Macon, Georgia, which is central Georgia, middle the middle part mm-hmm. of the state. I'm a mm-hmm. third generation preacher on my paternal side and. Uh, actually preaches on my maternal side as well. Um, my father, who's a pastor, put a guitar in my hand at age three, and I fell in love with music. And, um, you know, started playing piano at five, uh, drums and bass guitar. So I was a singer, uh, choir director, had my own band in high school, and, um, you know, was an athlete as well. But, but I swore that I would never preach the gospel because uh, I didn't want the pressure, and I saw what it had done to my father and grandfather. And so I said, I never wanted to be a pastor. And uh, so I grew up doing media in my dad's church, and I was called to preach at age 13. And I ran for almost five years, and then ultimately at age 17, my senior year of high school, I couldn't run anymore, and I committed my life to ministry and uh, preaching the gospel. And so, and so here I am now, 30-plus uh, years later. Um, so I grew up in Macon, Georgia. I went to college at Morehouse College in Atlanta. I started pastoring at age 19. Um, and I uh, just uh, married. I have two children. My wife and I, we've been married 27 years, and I just I love people. I love laughter, and I love ministry, and I believe I was placed on earth to bring hope to the world, and uh, my mother was a teenage mother and persevered through a lot of difficult obstacles, and she's my hero, my shero, and, uh, and uh, so when God took her home, it was very difficult because I'm a mother's boy in the, in the most intense sense of the word and uh okay. yeah i was i'm a mother's boy and uh, this now what does that mean you're a mama's boy we we call it mama's boy or you know yeah, I'm a mama's uh, boy. I'm what what does that mean i'm a mama's boy you know i mean mama can, mama can do no wrong mama can yeah no mama, okay. mama is my my heart mama is the heartbeat mama is the one who who birthed me who carried me who yeah. Your homework, who you can always go, you know, no matter what happens, you can always go home to mama, you know, and so, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just it, I don't know, it's just, it's something about a boy and his mama, and sometimes it's something about a father and his daughter, you know, and so mm-hmm. my mother and I, we were extremely close, and uh, she just was my inspiration about life, and taught mm-hmm. me so much, uh, how to treat people, and how to walk in humility, and how to do good to people, and you know, and how you reap what you sow, and you put out good, good will come back to you, and just pray to the good Lord and try to be loving and kind. And so those are the lessons she taught me, and uh, mm-hmm. that I carry with me for the rest of my days. Wow. So you never let go of the music, actually, and that was a beautiful story as well. You never let go of the music. Um, I've watched you, you know, some of your uh, messages from your church yeah. there in Atlanta. Um, yeah. So. Did something happen, or have you recorded before? Well, here's the interesting thing. That's a great question. You know, I always wanted mm-hmm. to do music, and uh, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I had the opportunity to sign a, a contract. I was like 15 with RCA Records for R&B. My, of course, mm-hmm. my dad wouldn't let me do that. I was, a, I was a, you know, a preacher's kid. But mm-hmm. when I started preaching at age 17, 
my older mentors, they were like, listen, you've got to make a decision. You can't be a preacher and still be a choir director and play on the piano uh, because people, mm-hmm. won't ever, people won't respect your preaching if they see mm-hmm. the choir director. And so a lot of my older mentors told me that. And so I was singing in church, but I really kind of put music on the back burner. I, um, I wanted to do it. And, and, and interestingly enough, a lot of uh, great pastors and singers who've been doing this a long time, uh, from mm-hmm. Bishop Marvin South, Bishop Donnie McClurkin, Pastor Shirley Caesar, mm-hmm. uh, Bishop uh, um, Marvin Winans, uh, Pastor Charles Dinkins. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. They had the mm-hmm. same, Bishop mm-hmm. Paul Morton, they had the same struggle. People told them, you know, well, if you're a preacher, preach, because if you're a singer, people will respect, will respect your singing, but not your preaching. Mm-hmm. So all of them mm-hmm. had that same quandary. And so for me, I just said, you know what, uh, I'll take that advice. And I'll just preach and sing in church. I've always loved singing, but I've never done music um, in terms of anything for the industry because I just had that advice. Even though my mm-hmm. mom would say, God gave you the gift, baby, use your gift. And I want you to do some music because she knew I would write songs a lot. And I just decided in the pandemic, hey, um, when my mother passed away, my sister said, you, you made mama promise. And I realized that boxes are for things and not people. And so, you know, don't let people label you. Don't let people limit you with their expectations. Mm-hmm. So if God gave you a gift, use it for God's glory. And so that's what I decided to do the pandemic. I would give a tribute to my mom and use all the gifts that God has given me, and music is a love of mine. And now I realize that you can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. You can do two things at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to admit, though, for those people that you mentioned, when you are a full-time gospel artist, you know, one of two things happen. You're gone a lot or either you're not really working the uh, music ministry like the industry would want you to. So how, how are you going to balance the two? Well, the blessing for me is uh, I prayed about this and talked to my wife and my family, and, mm-hmm. and here's what I realized. That's a great question. God, what is your vision, and what have you placed me on earth to do? Mm-hmm. And not my own expectations, not my own limitations. God, what do you want me to do? And God's like, okay, I put you on earth to be a messenger of hope, and I've given you gifts by which you can do that, music, preaching, teaching, media, film. And so you bring that message of hope, you get with your team, and you, and you live a vision-based life. What is your vision? Get your vision for music. Use your gifts. And so now it's helped me to really decipher what I should pay attention to. And so now my, my mantra is actually this. You know, if it's not in your vision, then why is it on your calendar? And mm-hmm. God has placed music in my vision, and so I need to make time for the things that are in my vision, within my gifts. And so it's helped me to vet my schedule and my time. And so if it's not in my vision, it can't be on my calendar. So now I have to have the team and 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 really to to really be very you know intentional about how we appropriate my time. And so if God gave me the gifts. God can give me the grace to accomplish it all, and uh, and I believe that. All right, all right. Now, House of Hope, your church, there in Decatur. Yes. How did you come to be there? Is this like your vision, also uh, with the family? Did you take over for someone? Uh, tell us about how you came to that ministry. Thank you so much. Uh, I I pastored my first church in Macon, Georgia, at age nineteen, mm-hmm. and I was there for fourteen years. And God allowed that church to experience just. I mean astronomical growth. But then in 2003, the Lord moved me and said, now your work, your work there is done. 
I want you to start over. And so God sent me from a relatively young church with 4,000-plus members and sent me to a church in Atlanta with 400 people. The average mm-hmm. age at that time was 63. 63.6 was our average age. pastor was mm-hmm. retiring, and God, Holy Spirit was like, listen, you know, I want you to go there, and I want you to go to this historic church to show people that you can be a multi-generational ministry. And since I grew up around a lot of older people, uh, to know the hymns and the anthems, those types of things, and the mm-hmm. Lord had me step out on faith. And I came to a church, a uh, pastor had served for 47 years, and he retired. And it was a historic church, and they were looking for a young pastor, and they prayed. And, and they extended the invitation to me to come. Uh, and in 2004, I moved from Macon back to Atlanta. So it's been 18 years, and God has blessed the church to go from 400 people to well over 15,000 members. And um, I just I just say to God, be the glory, because sometimes God will have you live, you know, live and lead by faith. Uh, but when you say, not my will, that yours be done, you know, the safest place mm-hmm. in the whole world is in the will of God. And uh, we are a multi-generational church, uh, one church to, that ministers to five generations. And, and I just believe that we can bring the people together, whether you're young or old, we can worship God in the same place and, and appreciate each other's differences. And so it's been a quite a joy uh, to be able to lead and to serve these people here in Atlanta. All right. Now, you mentioned a few of the things. Myself, I've lost a number of family members over the past uh, 48 months as well. How did you handle keeping – thank you, sir. How did you handle keeping the ministry going and, and, and the family and everything during this pandemic? That's an incredible question. You know, I -hmm. think part of my problem, to be honest with you, and Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that at the time when I had all those deaths, you know, in in 28 days. I'm at the bury four of the closest people and preach their eulogies. And, of course, my Mm -hmm. mother, that was the the worst thing. And I think I didn't handle it well initially uh, because Mm -hmm. I was so busy making the arrangements and making sure the program was together and, handling this and handling that. And I later learned that I made the mistake of being my mother, of being the preacher, and I didn't spend enough time just being a son. Mm. Um, okay. I just didn't allow myself to be human. Uh, you just you get through it and you do this and you do that. And so I think as a coping mechanism, I just stayed busy, you know, you know packing mm-hmm. up mom's house and closing out some of her business and doing that. I just kept myself being real busy. But then in those moments, because I wasn't grieving properly, and uh, I just, I, you know, I just didn't handle it well. I was handling it in a very unhealthy way, and I made some tragic mistakes. And uh, I sought help and realized that, you know, I had to own that pain. I just couldn't run from it. Staying busy, you know, and preaching myself through it, um, sometimes it's not the best advice. You've got to feel it. You've got to own it. You've got to allow, allow yourself to grieve, and it's okay mm-hmm. to not be okay. And so once I realized that I'm a human being, that I went through a lot of trauma, and that I shouldn't expect to feel normal, that it's it's okay for me to grieve, that I can be a man of faith and feel sad around Mother's Day or feel sad around my mother's birthday and the holidays. Um, But but what I've done, to answer your question even more, is I I sought help to learn how to properly grieve, to know how to manage those emotions. Mm -hmm. I also learned how to properly memorialize my mother's life like this is you know what i do now is the things that she believed in 
I try to give tribute to those things. You know, she she honored young mothers. She honored, you know, young women who were in school. You know, she did mm-hmm. things for teenage mothers. So I try to do things in her memory to serve others. And it makes me feel so much better when I do that. And the other thing I did, you know, looking at my mom's life, is like, what has God called me to do? Focus on that. And uh, the pandemic was very, very tough. But what I, but I think what I did is just, I just went deeper in faith. And like, God, show me clearly what you want me to do. And uh, help me to be willing to grow and, uh, and, and do things differently and surround myself with younger people who could help me think and reimagine ministry and life. And that's what my mother did. She always surrounded herself with younger people. And I think mm-hmm. taking that model has helped me as well. All right. Now, you mentioned something that, and I'm, I'm not going in the direction that I planned, okay? Uh, but you mentioned okay. something that, that just kind of, um, I love my pastor too. You know, I love my pastor. I mean, he, he loves to sing, and he, you know, kind of juggles. He does a lot of stuff, and I, I'm always looking at him like, how are you doing all this? You know, how is this working out? Is everybody happy? People right. put their pastors up on such a high pedestal, and, and what you said was that I'm a human being. We yeah. tend to look at our pastors like they're not. You know what I mean? There's something, there's something over human, you know, um, but I, I've heard people, you know, speak very, very highly, like, wow, this guy sounds like Superman. You know, how do you handle that when you can see, and I know you probably have a lot of it, uh, when you've got members and, and, and people from the outside looking in and thinking that you're this superhuman, that you're not, you're not a human being anymore. You're a pastor, and, and they're up here, and everybody else is down here. How do you handle that? That's a great question. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, my parents, their marriage didn't make it because of mm-hmm. ministry. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they were married very, very young. And, and I, when I got married, I, I said to my wife, you know, I want to be able to be a good father and mm-hmm. prioritize my family. And I, I want you to help me, you know, help me keep my priorities in line because, you know, I didn't have a, you know, my, my siblings and I didn't, did not have the best relationship with my dad because he was, he was married to ministry, you know, and that, that yeah. came first. And so mm-hmm. I married a woman, my wife, I said, I need you to help me balance this. I need you to help me when we, when we get ready to have children. I want you to help me to, to, you know, I want to stay accountable to help me to make sure that I balance things properly. And so mm-hmm. I think what I've tried to do, um, particularly with my, with, my, with my sons, you know, when I went to ministry and when I came here, I, I, the church knew, you know, I'm going, to be my, I'm going to help be my son's football coach. So I was one of the, my, my, both of my sons. I coached them both in, in youth football and youth basketball. I was one of the coaches on the field with them because uh, mm-hmm. I realized I wouldn't have that time forever. And because my father wasn't that with me, I didn't want them to come up hating ministry because they saw their mm-hmm. dad as a pastor and not as a, not as a man. And so I, I coached them. I spent a lot of time with them. And uh, in the event that something happened, I let them know, you know, first of all, the church is the bride of Christ, not mine. And so, you know, my job, you know, Jesus can handle his bride, and I got to do the best I can to handle the one God gave me. And I think mm-hmm. family comes first, and I think doing, making sure that you have that, making sure the people, and I, and I let them know I can't do everything. I, I need to have help. I need to have teams. You know, here's what I'm good at. You know, here's mm-hmm. the areas where I'm deficient or I'm not as strong. And, and so I'm, I'm not uh, too proud or to admit my strengths and my weaknesses. And I, and I tell them all the time, 
I'm not the Christ. You know, I jokingly tell them, now, if you hit me on one cheek, I can't promise you I'm going to turn the other. I pray for you in Jesus' name, but <laughs> I, try to, I try to tell them, you know, I need the Lord just like you do. I need prayer just like you do. I need time away mm-hmm. just like you do. I, I have mm-hmm. I have strength. I, I, I have emotions just like you. I have good days and bad days just like you. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've been very, very vocal about that. I think another thing to answer your question that really changed my life. In, in 2013, one of my best friends who I grew up with, friends for over 25 years, we, put, we pushed together as boy preachers. Um, mm-hmm. In November of 2013, he took his life on a Sunday morning. He was pastoring mm-hmm. a church and he was going through some issues, um, you know, financial issues and some issues with his mental health. And on a Sunday morning, he took his mm-hmm. life. Um, and, and so I kind of dedicated I've dedicated my life to mental health advocacy since then, and so many pastors, my last count was like 30-something pastors, have actually committed suicide that I was aware of since 2013. And so I'm trying to let people know that we have to normalize mental health conversations and normalize that we're all human beings. Christ is our Savior. God is the one who has no weakness. But we, we've got to learn how to love and worship God and support our pastors, but our leaders are all we're all incurably human, and I try to convey that message as much as possible. Where were you when you found out that your song, Your Presence is a Gift, went to number one? Actually, I was, I was at home, and uh, I received a text message from my radio manager. Um, I was doing some devotional reading, um, you know, preparing for my, my daily devotional, and and mm-hmm. they sent me the message. Like I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is just unbelievable." Um, beyond anything I ever dreamed. I mean, I wanted my song to touch people, mm-hmm. but I wasn't thinking about charting on Billboard or those types of things. I just wanted, you know, I never, I'd never done that before. I'd never been involved mm-hmm. in anything like that. I just right. wanted to use my mm-hmm. gifts to create a music that I thought people would enjoy, that would sound relevant. Of course, I wanted to play on radio. I did want that, but I, I never thought about charting or wars. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand how the music industry worked really at that level. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. see it turn into what it turned, has turned into is just absolutely mind-blowing. I'm just, I mean, me, me, the number one song in the country, me, somebody <laughs> like me from Macon, Georgia, who's never yeah, done music yeah. before with all these people who've been singing mm-hmm. for 30 and 40 years, these established, mm-hmm. amazing vocalists who are industry standard veterans and God will let somebody, somebody like me, somebody like little old me from a town mm-hmm. of 90,000 people, including the cats, the dogs, and the pigeons, and God will <laughs> let me have a number one song. I still can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you heard it on the radio the first time? That's always like a, uh, a big day. <laughs> now, you know what's amazing? I was uh-huh. able to, because I had my phone, I was uh-huh. able to, I, I was driving the first time. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do this in Georgia. I took my phone and I put it on video and I was driving <laughs> and recording myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's amazing? And here's what's uh-huh. amazing. I just, I, I, literally, I literally was in tears. And here's what's funny. Mm-hmm. And even though, and, and right now, I still do the same thing. Every time I hear, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. I, just can't it. I, just, I did it. I did it today. As a matter of fact, I just today, you said. 
my assignment, you know. Um, it's mm-hmm. never too late. I don't know how old, how, how young, or what you lack, or what people have said. So if there's a book, write it. I mean, if there's a degree, pursue it. If there's a mm-hmm. business, start it. You know, if there's a song, sing it. If there's a relationship, be open to it. Uh, because it's never too late. Because God always completes what God starts. And uh, mm-hmm. and God has a world that's awaiting you. And it, it's waiting for you to show up. And when, when you show up as your authentic self, God can anoint that. And God can be glorified and people can be strengthened and blessed. And what we do for Christ is going to last. So I just want to encourage people, you know, if you fall down, if you made mistakes, we all have. We're all incurably human. Get back up. You know, let your scars be a testimony. And mm-hmm. and realize this, you know, if you stay small enough long enough, God will make you big enough soon enough. And God determines what's big enough. Amen. All right. How can anyone connect with you? They want to connect with you or the ministry? Thank you so much. My church is the House of Hope Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. Our website is houseofhopeatl.org. My website mm-hmm. is Smith.org. That's E-D-E-W-E-Y-Smith, S-M-I-T-H dot org. Uh, on Instagram, I'm uh, at E. Dewey Smith. Twitter, at E. Dewey Smith. Facebook, the official page of Pastor E. Dewey Smith. YouTube, Dr. E. Dewey Smith. And my record label is Pebble Street Records. And uh, you can watch us on all things social media. And if you're ever in the city of Atlanta, please feel free to come and worship with us. We're one church in three locations. And I love to meet, love to greet you, uh, whoever you are, because we believe in fellowship again, believing just loving people as Christ has loved us all. Amen. All right, Pastor. This has been such a joy and a thrill for me. I thank you so much. The joy joy is absolutely (laughs) mine. I'm honored and humbled by the privilege. So thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful, very appreciative. about the arch 3 show is now on our website thearch3show.com adore you fashion fix the scripture of the week cooking with soul recipes just for the family a plan of salvation and rededication sponsorship information shop arch 3 and a whole lot more just for you see it first see it now only at thearch3show.com All right, y'all, that was our special guest, Pastor E. Dewey Smith. Thank you so very much for um, Sorry about that, y'all. I had to mute the mic really quick to say something to our um, 
soundboard. But, uh, not a soundboard, but yeah, to our soundboard operators. But anyway, that was our, um, guest pastor, E. Dewey Smith. Um, um, <laughs> I don't forgot what he just said his, the name of his church was. But anyway, um, uh, he is a, uh, great man of God. And I, um, remember when i i I tell y'all this all the time that um um i hated that um his uh church not church but i hated that his um talk show with um (sighs) pastor jamal um doctor um uh Jamal Harrison Bryant, it was him, Oren Quick, um, uh, and I forgot the other, other two, I believe, they, they had on, uh, I believe it was on Fox, and, um, it was called The Preachers, and I really enjoyed that concept that they had, but, um, yeah, but anyway, um, I really enjoyed that, um, that, uh, um, that um concept that they had um uh with fox and on um uh you know that they had on tv with their talk show and so i really enjoyed what they did with that so thank you again pastor e dewey smith and uh nina taylor for that interview and um we are here for our uh real talk with um rufus discussion for today and uh we're gonna go ahead and uh do just that and so again um that we talked about the website um thank y'all so very much for uh uh visiting our website go to the rh3show.com for all things rh3 you know uh our supervising producer periodically on his own show um, and, and again, go to his, um, listen to his show. I believe it's between seven and eight on Saturday and periodically he pop, uh, on during the week. And so, yeah, uh, by all means, um, go and, uh, support, 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 um, his, um, his new show, uh, well, well, support his shows, um, uh, that he have throughout the um, throughout the week. All right, but anyway, um, yeah, go to the show.com and click on uh, sponsorship to sponsor the broadcast. If you like, you can email us at the r 3 show at gospel107.cc, or um, if you're listening to us on any other podcast platform or any other radio show, I mean radio station, you can go to the r 3 showcom and click on contact us. Or what have you, or, and you know, uh, say I want to, uh, I want to sponsor a segment on the show, or thirty minutes of the show, or fifteen minutes of the show, or you know, whatever. And so, yeah. Um, here is our real talk with Rufus discussion, and let's go ahead and drop that introduction just for a moment. All right, just for a moment. All right, let's go ahead and drop it. This is real life. We show real love and we also have real non-judgmental conversations. 
all from a Christian male perspective. Not all of them, just mine. So let's have an open-minded conversation. It's the Real Talk with Rufus, right here on the RH3 Show. We're talking about today, don't quarrel and avoid people who do. And so, um, <laughs> whoo, yeah. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and start. Uh, I'll give y'all a scripture with this. And so, the scripture is 2 Timothy 2 and 24. And the Lord's servant, the Lord's servant, or you can add an S to that. And I hate to add to the Bible, but the Lord's servant must not quarrel. But, um, y'all, we got to not, uh, we can consider we can consider and see why most, why some people is given, uh, is given to quarreling, and so we can see that they grew up in homes where, it, where it was a, uh, and we talked about this the other day, where it is a, uh, wait a minute, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. I did, now that was on me, um, because I, I, um, didn't, you know, I told them the other day, but um, you know, yeah, um. Uh, uh, we're gonna go ahead back to that introduction, not that introduction, but that, um, sounding. But, um, yeah, we can, they grew up on, in home where it was a pattern. And I talked to y'all about that, you know, how do I was speaking to people, you know, what have you, and, you know, because it's normal. Quarreling in a home can, can be considered as a normal, you know, whatever. But, you know, it may be a normal, but it is certainly not Christ-like. And so, um, the Bible uh, says that uh, avoiding uh, a fight is a mark of honor. And only fools insist on quarreling. And so, we spoke on um, that this morning about, you know, changing our words and, you know, however we speak honor we really spoke on and talked about honor uh this morning in you know with um our morning momentum uh discussion with apostle taylor and so that that's number one but number two well go back to proverbs two and three and that's where you can see that 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 scripture in the new living translation but number two to boost um their self-worth some folks only feel good about themselves when they are attacking the validity of somebody else's opinion and beliefs. And, you know, they act like they're maneuvering that person into defending their position. The quarrelers' goal isn't to add value to people's lives by showing them the error of their ways, but it is pure one-upmanship. Solomon says, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. You can find that in Proverbs um, 17 and 14. But does that mean you shouldn't stand up for what you believe in? No. No. It means that you must, you must, you must learn to disagree without being disagreeable when you're mean-spirited you do more harm than good benjamin franklin it was known to have remarked diplomatic diplomatically um uh he was known to have um 
remarked diplomatically. And he, you know, he said, on this point, I agree. But on the other, you know, if you don't mind, may I take an exception? If you have a tendency to be argumentative, remember that it costs you absolutely nothing to respect someone's opinion, especially on the matter of no eternal consequence. That's why Paul told Timothy, the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone. Will Rogers put it, it, put it this way. People's minds are changed through observation, not through argument. Watch while people are running their mouth. Keep your mouth closed. So the word for everybody today is don't quarrel. Avoid people who do. Keep your mouth closed. Don't be disrespectful and walk out of their presence, but just watch and just listen to what it's saying and understand what they are trying to say, even when they're quarreling. But then also get what out of their saying and, you know, listen to what they're saying. Don't get disrespect out of it. You know, yeah, get disrespect out of it, but just understand what they're saying and, and take in what they are saying because you can see something that what you've done out of what they're saying and also you can get something that what they've done to you out of what you're saying and then it can all come together. But my thing is, is that um, don't quarrel with folks. Stand humble, stand, hum stand on your humble feet and let it let it be done even if somebody who has you know either have done you wrong or whatever stand on it stand on it stand on it stand on it if somebody done you wrong let them stand on it but be humble about it and tell them okay you've done me wrong stand on it and until you have apologized you stand on it but you know what? I'm going to continue to remain humble because you know what? Like I said that quote yesterday on about what Erica Campbell posted. Oh, and I'm going to repost it. And, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. But you're going to stand on what you've done. You're going to stand on what you said. You're going to stand on everything that you've done and it all gonna come back to you <laughs> 100 fold because eventually oh you gonna stand on it you gonna stand on it you gonna stand on it because God when I tell you and I said this this morning in my comments in morning momentum it is very low for a person to do somebody wrong who is very humble who is very you know kind or whatever for you to do somebody wrong who's that humble to you and have a humble spirit you love you love to to people who have you know Showing respect to you and, you know, tell you reasons for this, that, and the third, and you not to be happy for them, you love. 
you're low. And so I'll say this much and then I'll keep it moving because I'm way over my time. Well, we we got, you know, cut off by um, an automation of a song, but, you know, we're still over our time. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, get a bus up out of here because, yeah. But anyway, um, for you to... Um, for you to, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? For you to, um, for you to, um, um, not apologize. Now God is going to get all, you know, for God, God is going to, to handle all it is, handle it all. But, but continue to, 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 to. To, to make, you know, con- continue to, like I said, continue to stand in it. Continue to stand in it. Continue to stand in it. And if you had time to do what you got to do, I'm just going to have to say, and like I told somebody else the other day, I understand the cliche statement. I understand the cliche statement. Lord have mercy. People always say, Lord have, Lord have mercy. They always say it, you know, all bun together, but I understand that phrase and know the seriousness and the severity of Lord have mercy. Because the good God today, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Honor and respect your friends, y'all. Honor and respect your friends. Honor and respect your friends because yesterday I had built up a real good friendship with somebody who um i had contacted him on last week to uh and i didn't know he had gotten sick again i had contacted him on last week to um invite him to the show because or you know i was his birthday is um i think late march is sometime in april or whatever but anyway we have i've been quick but yeah um um, he, um, um, his birthday is close to mine, and I was inviting him to the show, um, to have him as a special guest, and I was, you know, we have yet to meet, but I had met him, you know, through a, uh, introduction to a friend, from a friend, and, I have yet to meet him face to face, but we talked on the phone, text or whatever, met on social media through business, a business venture. But yesterday I found out that he had passed away. And that really tore me up yesterday that he had gone, he, we had a real strong connection and a real good friendship. But people who, I ain't even gonna say that because that, that, that wouldn't even, but I'm gonna leave that there. Know that I love you all for real. Always remember to live every day, laugh every moment. Love God, love yourself, and love other people beyond words. I'm sorry I'm over, but I'll see you all on tomorrow. We got our special guest, Dr. Charles Wolfark, is here. He's gonna call us in on tomorrow, and I'll talk to y'all soon. I'll see you all. We out of here. Peace. Party people, <laughs> see you later. Good night, good night. <laughs>